Are you a musician interested in improving your performance? Welcome to Notes on Jazz. I'm your host, Keith Davis. If you want to learn more about jazz improvisation, harmony, and composition, or just want to improve your piano skills, this is the place for you. We'll be hosting interviews with fellow musicians, offering tips and techniques on study and practice, and lots of other cool stuff. Whatever instrument you play, or if you're a vocalist, you will find something helpful and interesting here. So come hang out with us at Notes on Jazz. So just a few days ago, I was at my gig, and a woman asked me during the break if I teach, and I said yes. And she said, well, I want to learn how to play songs that I like without having to use the sheet music. So this is something that I address frequently. Uh, I work with all my students on this, actually. So uh, if you really want to learn to play songs and without having to read them from sheet music, it can be done. If you really want to not use music at all, then you have to know something. You have to know how to play by ear. Um, we we call it playing by ear. What it means is that you can hear a melody and you can sing it to yourself, or you can hear it in your head, and then you can reproduce it on your instrument. So. If you have any musical ability at all, you can learn how to do this. Even if you don't think you can do it or you can't do it yet, you can learn how to do this. Uh, it just takes a little bit of patience, and um, and I can actually help you learn how to do this. I, I work with my students on this because musicians do this all the time. I mean, jazz musicians especially, but all kind of musicians. Uh, there's even a joke in country music. Uh, someone asked a country musician, a Nashville musician, can you read music? He said... Yeah, but not enough to hurt my playing. So all musicians, you have to be able to hear music if you're going to in your head and be able to reproduce it if you're going to be a musician. But but playing by ear, it, it means being able to just hear something and, and visualize it or hear it and reproduce it. So uh, once again, you can learn to do this, but it just takes some patience and it takes some practice. And uh, But if you can't read music, you can still learn how to play songs without having to read read every note that's on a piece of written music. Um, and, you know, even if you can read music, uh, if you if you sit and play an arrangement that you get from the music store or buy online or something, if you sit and play a, a written arrangement note for note, it's probably not going to sound like the song that you want it to sound like anyway, because when you listen to someone sing a song or play a song, they're going to interpret it in the moment, how they feel it in the moment. And that sheet music is just a representation of that. It's not going to sound exactly the way you want it to sound unless you internalize it and then, and then interpret it yourself. And that takes a while. That's a whole different skill set, actually. Uh, that's what classical musicians do. They learn music from music sheets, you know, music paper, whatever, from books. And then they learn to interpret it. But if you want to just learn it yourself and play it, you can do it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, this is something I work with all, all my students on, actually. Uh, as I've said before, if you followed my podcast at all, you'll know that I teach. I teach a lot of young students. Uh, teach a lot of kids that are middle school and high school. And uh, I either teach kids that are already in our local fine arts center for the jazz program or I teach younger kids that want to go there and they're preparing to audition for this. So um, this is one of the skills that we work on. So uh, to begin with, uh, again, assuming that you're not going to play it by ear, if you get a piece of music and you look at it, 
uh, from the if you get an arrangement from the music store, you're going to see written out music. You're going to see a grand staff, which means treble and bass clef. You might even see an extra staff above the grand staff that has just the melody written out. And then usually above that, you'll see chord symbols. They might be guitar tabs or they might just be chord symbols. So the melody and the chord symbols are what we really need to know about. The, the grand staff is going to be the written arrangement. So in jazz, uh, what we use is what we call a lead sheet or a fake book, and that will have just the melody in the chord symbols. And this is what I work with my students on. Uh, this is what we generally use as jazz musicians. If I go to a gig and someone says, okay, we're going to play this tune, if people don't know it, you know, they have a, they'll have a lead sheet, or they can sometimes look it up on, online um, you know, and find it. But it'll have just a melody and the chord symbols. Some people even use uh, uh, just the chord symbols. Personally, I don't like that. I think everybody needs to be able to see the melody and learn the melody. Uh, especially if you're accompanying, well, if you're going to play the melody, certainly you need to see it. And But if you're going to accompany someone, you also need to know the melody because you need to know what notes to bring out in your accompaniment. You need to know how to support that person that you're accompanying, whether it's a, a another instrumentalist or if it's a vocalist or whatever. But what we need to know is the melody and what the chord changes are. So... So the first thing that I would suggest that you do is play the melody. And that's whether you're doing it by ear or whether you're doing it from a lead sheet or an arrangement. So I'm going to take, for an example, a very simple song, Happy Birthday, a song that everybody knows and has heard. And I'm going to play it for you and show you step by step how I would go about teaching someone to do this. So first, I'm just going to play the melody. So that's in the key of C. And uh, again, I would have someone just play the melody. And then the next thing we want to figure out is, what can I do to add something to that? What do I want to add? Well, I want to add some kind of accompaniment to that melody. And what I'm going to do is I want to add something in my left hand. So I want to know what the chords are that go with the song. And if I don't know them, of course, I can use the, the hunt and peck method. Um, which is partly partly how we learn to play by ear, actually. Um, it's just practical. I, f I play around until I find the right notes. But the shortcut, I'm going to tell you the shortcut, is I know the, I know the primary chords in the key of C. This is a, a theory harmony lesson, br a brief one. The primary chords in any key are the 1, 4, and 5 chords. So if I'm in the key of C... I have three, I have a chord built on every note of that scale. Okay? And the primary chords are the most important ones that are that occur in our harmony. And they are the one chord, the four chord, and the five chord. So in the key of C, that's going to be C, F, and G. One, four, and five. The, these chords uh, are the basic chords of our of our Western style harmony. Uh, this happens in hymns, it happens in blues, it happens in Christmas carols, it happens in nursery rhymes, it happens in lots of pop music, uh, simple, simpler pop music, like blues-based pop music, like, like early R&B, that type of stuff. 
This, these are the chords that you're going to hear the most. It's very common. So if I know that those are my three chords and that those are my choices, it's going to be relatively easy for me to figure out which ones sound good with that melody. So because I know this song already and I've played it in all the different keys and I teach this to my students, so I'm just going to go ahead and play the bass notes that I know go along with this song. So, um, again, I know it's in the key of C. Actually, the time signature is 3-4. It's in 3-4. Happy, bur happy birthday to you, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and one, two, three, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Okay. And it's only eight bars long. So uh, it's pretty simple to do. Anyway, I know I'm going to play the. I'm going to find the first chord here. The first, and I'm not even going to play the chords. I'm just going to play the bass notes of the chords, the roots of the chords. So I know the first one is C. So the next one's either going to be C, F, or G. Which one is it going to be? Let's see. No. That's got to be it. And there's my chord if I want to play the chord. Okay, so I've I found the first two chords. I'm going to go on. So that's the first four bars of the song. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That sounds like it. So it's actually the same chord again, it's G. Now, G is the five chord in the key, what we call the five chord or the dominant chord. And the dominant chord almost always wants to resolve back to the one chord. So let's see what happens if I resolve it back to C, the tonic chord or the one chord in this key. Okay, so I've got the first four bars already. It just goes C, G, G, C. That's the harmony. So here's the second half of the tune. Well, if I look at that melody, actually, the notes are G, G, E, C. That spells out a C chord. So that tells me that next chord is going to be C. Again, so another C, right? Then the next bar... Okay, well this note that I'm landing on is A, and that note is not a note that goes in the chord C or the chord G, actually, but it's the third of the chord F, so that pretty much tells me I'm going to go to F. Even though the first note of this little piece of melody is a B, is not a part of that chord, it, it, it goes to that note that is part of that chord. So... So that next chord is F. So here we go. Here's the second half. C. F, right? Then the next part. Well, once again, I'm playing a note that belongs in the, in the chord C, and it doesn't belong in G or F. So, so I have a C chord again. And then 
Now here, I'm going to quickly have one more chord just for one beat. And this note, this, chord, this note is D, and that's the 5 of the G chord. And, I, and if I play it, I'll hear that it sounds right. Right? And then what does G want to do? It wants to resolve back to C. Okay, so here's the second half of the tune. F, C, G, C. Okay, so now I've figured out the basic outline of the harmony of the song, so I'm going to play it. Sounds right, doesn't it? Okay, so what am I going to do? What else? That's that sounds pretty good, but I want more than that, right? I don't just want the bass notes. I want something more to flesh it out. So, what I might try doing next is just to add a little something extra in the left hand, like maybe I'll add um, an octave on the C, like to G. Okay, that's something. What about what if I also add the fifth of the chord in the middle? So that would be C G C. And then when I go to G, G. adding the fifth of the chord in the middle just to give me a little bit of movement something to add in my accompaniment in the left hand okay all right pretty simple okay another thing I could do is now that I know what the chords are even though I haven't played the chords yet uh, all together I'm going to play the chords in my left hand and play the melody with in the right hand so that's going to sound like this That's another thing I could do. It's another building block here to making an arrangement of this song. So what I did here was I played the C chord in root position. That means C's on the bottom. And when I go to the next chord, instead of going, jumping to a whole new position, I'm going to the closest position of that next chord. And this is called voice leading. It's not, not a difficult topic to understand, but I just go to the closest position of that next chord or the closest inversion of that next chord. So I'm keeping this note. And then I'm playing, when I go to the five chord, I'm adding a different note, which is called the seventh of the chord. That gives a little more color. So we call this a five seven chord. And back to C, the one chord. So again, I'm I have to understand a little bit about how the harmony works here. But this is not hard to learn, actually. In fact, I have a, I have a whole video course about this. But, um, but we'll talk about that another time. So another thing I could do, maybe I don't want this chord here in this position. Maybe I want it to be a little higher on the piano. I can start it in a different position here. So this is called a different inversion of the chord. 
that sounds a little better to me because for one thing it's not so low in the piano but also some of the chords the top notes of the chords match the melody notes so I might like that position better let's try the other position and see what that sounds like Too, but I think I like this one better. Okay, so now I'm getting somewhere. Now I have to figure out well, how can I combine the melody? and the bass notes and the chords to get some kind of arrangement that sounds good. So this is the tricky part. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what we call voice. I'm going to voice that chord with the melody on top and I'm going to do, for now, I'm going to put three notes in my right hand and in my left hand I'm going to go back to just doing the bass notes for a minute. So I'm going to play, try to play the three notes of the chord that I'm using with the melody on top because generally the melody here is going to be a note of the chord what we call a chord tone so um, that makes it easier sometimes songs do not have a note of the chord as a melody note they have what we call a tension or an upper extension and that's something else we have to deal with but again it's not that hard once you get an idea about how to how to play the chords and find them it's not hard to add those notes or to include those notes in the chord it's just something you have to learn how to do so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to put the melody on top of the chord in my right hand and play the bass note in my left hand. So now I'm starting to get there. I'm going to take one more step and I'm going to add just a little extra something in my left hand. Thinking about using maybe those octaves with the fifth in the middle. Let's see how that works. Let's see. that. So from just knowing the melody, learning the melody, now I've got a little simple arrangement of this song. Now the more I learn about harmony, of course, I can do more things with this song. Uh, once we introduce, uh, for example, introduce seventh chord harmony, I can begin to add more colors to the sound. For example, I could add, I could change some of these triads into seventh chords or six chords and I can get more colors and then I can do what we call reharmonizing. I can add different chords that's all something that can also be learned. It's not something that doesn't just come out of the sky. You know, it's something that you can learn how to do. And that's what I teach people how to do. That's what I teach all my students how to do. And, uh, and it's something that can definitely be learned. I'll, show, I'll give you just a little brief example.
So with just a few simple rules of harmony, I've changed the, that very simple sort of triad-based tune to something that begins to sound a little more interesting. So anyway, I hope you found this interesting. Um, I do teach private lessons. I teach online and uh, I teach in person as well if you're nearby where I live. Um, and I'm going to be offering some courses online. In fact, I'm going to offer a course on this topic. It's called the Strike a Chord Challenge. And you'll be able to find out more about it uh, as we get closer to it. If you're interested, uh, there's a link. You can go to my website and you can get on my email list. And uh, as, a, as the time gets closer for, to do this challenge, I'll be letting you know about it. Uh, it'll be free. It'll be an hour, hour and a half or two hour um, online course. And uh, I would uh, invite you to come and check it out. And while you're here, check out the rest of my podcast. I have lots of interesting interviews with uh, with well-known musicians and some local musicians who are my friends, who are great, even if they're not necessarily famous. They're great musicians. And I interview some of my students and the parents of some of my students to get some feedback about what they learn uh, as they go to, to the Fine Arts Center and uh, some other interesting things. So thanks for being here. Check it out. Thanks for checking out Notes on Jazz. If you want to communicate with me, I offer free consultations. Just check the podcast notes for a link. You can also find a link to my website for CDs, downloads, and videos. See you next time at Notes on Jazz. Notes on Jazz.